Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs the Podcast. 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 God, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a minute, not even a 10 seconds in. I'm already screwed it up. Uh, so, welcome to the preseason. Welcome to the beginning of uh, the Brave New World without uh, a certain kid from Akron. Um, was holding Chetty back. He was. He was. Um,. And it was a pretty auspicious start to this preseason in Boston, the the same site that the Cavs uh, were victorious in the Eastern Conference Finals last year in seven games. A lot of lot of names uh, missing or there that that weren't a part of that game, but um, overall, as, pretty as imp- Tristan Thompson reminded us that the Cavs won in Game <laughs> Seven last year. Yeah, that's right. You listen to Tristan. They they they're the champs until they've been knocked off. So that's right. And as they're one and zero in the preseason. So yeah, <laughs> I was not expecting. I was not expecting that that complete of an effort. I would say, but I, and and let's be honest, uh, the Celtics look like they were not trying that hard. <laughs> I mean, well, some I of think them it was trying. a little bit of both. Some of them were trying. Like yeah. Marcus Smart was trying. He played almost thirty minutes, and 
I would say between him and Marcus Morris, they they you mean really or tried as to you put call him the, the dumb, oh, the Morris dumb yeah, the, the dumb Morris. <laughs> uh, yeah. Great tweet, by the way. <laughs> I love that his shirt now says Morris Senior. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I remember when Terrell Pryor did that, and I was like, come on, man. <laughs> you can yeah. do that if your kid is actually playing in the same professional <laughs> sports league as you. Yeah, right. Like Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey, senior, yeah, senior, yeah. yeah. But if your kid is like five, that seems a little pretentious. Or like five months. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, so before we launch too far into into this game, Tom, you wanna you were at the wine and gold game, right? I was, yeah. So wanna lead us Cavs, through that? Yeah, the Cavs wine and gold scrimmage um, took place at Wright Patterson Air Force Base, which is basically where I work. It's uh, just a little bit east of Dayton, Ohio. It's um, kind of kind of uh, it's got a really rich history actually, and it was it was really surreal uh, being there and watching the wine and gold scrimmage i didn't know what to expect so um a good friend of mine uh and former neighbor is actually works on the part of base where the 88th air base wing is and that is a mobility kind of transport uh wing of the air force so basically they fly c-17s which are very large very powerful um cargo planes that they just fly over my house like they were flying over them tonight and they're kind of crazy to look at because they'll be at these crazy bank angles and they're these really big fat planes and you just think is this thing about to fall out of the sky (laughs) and um they're just so powerful that they can they can maneuver they almost look like uh you know they're maneuvering more like a stunt plane i mean they're not doing loops and stuff but the bank angles and the that they they take are kind of crazy for the size of the plane um well, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I got tickets, and for some reason, at first I thought they were going to be playing at the fitness center where I play pickup basketball, and I just kept thinking, like, well, this is going to be really weird watching professionals play on the same court that I play on, and there's nowhere for people to watch, so I was really confused how this was going to work. And the gym is an old hangar, and it's real nasty, like just really nasty, and I just thought, man... The Cavs are going to have this like terrible impression of the Air Force Base if they play at this scuzzy gym that I play on. Um, and so it definitely wasn't there. So they they took one of the C-17 hangars, which is like, I don't know, 15 miles away, like on the other side of base. So I was kind of late for the event <laughs> because I went to the wrong place first. Um, but it's a, it's a beautiful hangar. And they actually had uh, like a wooden court that they had, you know, shipped out here with real hoops. I mean, it was it was awesome. And right, and I'll, I'll send some pictures, Nate, if you want to include them in the uh, oh, absolutely. in the post. Yeah, but, and there, there's some on Cavs.com as well. But you walked in, and it, first of all, it was like 70 degrees, sunny, and a cool breeze, low humidity. It was arguably the nicest day we've had in 2018 in Dayton on Sunday. <laughs> so perfect day. Um, the ha- you know giant hangar doors are opened and you walk in and it looks a little bit like when you're inside the queue um, you know before you go down into the actual bowl of the arena where they had um, like the life-size pictures of like Larry Nance and Chetty Osmond and stuff so you could stand next to it and take your picture. You know they had programs they were passing out. They were giving away t-shirts um 
it was really cool. And then as you walked in, it, it wasn't much of a walk. You could see all the players on the court. And there were probably, it was it was pretty intimate. I mean, there were probably 1,500, 2,000 people here watching. And then there was a giant American flag draped over um, the, the, the baseline um, facing, like, north. And then the giant hangar door facing south was opened. And there was a huge C-17 parked right outside of it. Yeah, and I saw that picture. That looked really cool. It was awesome. And what was so cool was... Right when I got there, I walked in, and I forget who it was, but someone threw up an air ball, and all I could hear was AC saying, someone opened a window in here, and thinking, like, well, there's a giant hangar door open, so it's a valid excuse So AC was calling the game live, huh? No, I I didn't see, he might have been, I didn't see AC there. Oh, okay, you were just paraphrasing. I was just thinking in my head that that's what, you know, would be said there. Your internal AC. Yeah, my internal AC. But it was surreal, because... Sometimes I feel like Wright-Patterson Air Force Base is... It, it's weird how few people in Ohio know about it. Um, like, outside of the Dayton area, it's like, yeah. oh, I've heard of the Air Force Base. It, it's enormous. And oh, yeah. 25,000 people work there. Yeah. And it's, it's I, grew, I grew up there. I was... Well, not grew up, but I, I spent a year and a half there when my dad was stationed there. I feel like I might have known that, but I didn't know that. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so cool it was place really, though. It, huge. It, was, it is huge, and it, it was real surreal being there yeah. and and watching like every time I'd see another Cavs player. I, I guess I felt like what I expected to see was more like uh, a G League team, and maybe oh look, and and also there's Chetty Osman too. That's cool. And it's just like oh look, it's Ty Lue, and oh look, it's James Posey, and oh man, that's Kevin Love, you know, and. It, like, it oh, was, no, that's Dave Longabardi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I did almost not, stepped on him. I did not see Kobe Altman, but he was there because I saw I, on my Facebook, I follow um, AFRL, Air Force Research Laboratory, and Wright Patterson, and they had all these interviews. So the team had spent the day at the 7-Eleventh Human Performance Wing, which, by the way, is um, if you've seen the movie The Right Stuff, when they're doing all the testing, you know, on the astronauts, a lot of that happened at Wright Patterson. Um, okay. And, and so today, the Human Performance Wing is is pretty new and modern, and they just unveiled this brand new, like nine degree of or six degree of freedom centrifuge that can give you nine Gs in any like orientation, and it they call it like the Kraken or something. <laughs> and I think I don't know if the calves. Some of the calves. Do they really to, call it the Kraken? I think so. And I don't Is know. Is there if, a picture of Mo Williams and LeBron <laughs> on it? Oh man! Um, but I think they might have let the calves try it, or at least look at it. But they have all these VR augmented reality sims that they showed, like Chetty Osman wearing the goggles, and <laughs> uh, and Kobe Altman talking about how the technology here. He wants to he wants to get in on it for training and practice and stuff for human performance. So it's just really surreal. It's like, man, like the, I, I'm down here in Dayton. I work at the Air Force Base, and every Thursday for two years, I would you know drive into a radio station, talk about the Cavs, and take calls from the same five people every <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> Who want to like, talk about the Spurs? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Tom and uh, what was the other guy's name? Uh, yeah, Tom and oh, forget the other guy's name, but yeah, they were both Spurs fans. Um, and I just remember thinking, like, man, no one in Dayton is a Cavs fan other than me, and no one in Ohio like knows about Wright Patterson. And so for the Cavs to be down at Wright Pat, and to, and for for the 
whoever put this on did such a nice job. I mean, hmm. it, it, it. I mean, it was really professional. They had the Cavs PA announcer was there, like calling out buckets and stuff. Oh, and nice. It was really nice. And Ahmad. Yeah. Was Ahmad there? Ahmad Crump or whatever. Yeah. 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 And then, Wait, how Ahmad long has it been since since Cincinnati had a basketball team? Oh boy! Like with the, the like 60s? Uh, the Big O and stuff like that. Was it the 60s? yeah? That was that they, that they, Big O played in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, for the Cincinnati uh, Royals. right? Royals. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Who did they become? I forget. The Kansas City Kings. Which oh, then the Sacramento, the Sacramento Kings. Kings. Then yeah. the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Wow, you asked, Nate, you asked Nate. should have a team. You asked Nate to remember a person's name. Good luck, but he can <laughs> remember teams' names. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so sad. I so I anyway, like, I feel like that's a big sort of hotbed down there that's untapped. Like they could they could actually support uh, you know Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky kind of a of a team down. Yeah, there. You well, know, they well, wanted it, to have the Louisville Colonels for a long time. You Louisville know, is one of the. If that that area is such a huge college basketball that's area. True. Oh yeah, because totally. you've between got Xavier and Cincinnati and, and, and Kentucky and Kentucky. Oh, uh, yeah. there are Kentucky and Louisville. fans and Louisville. There are Kentucky fans everywhere. And then you have Cincinnati. You have Xavier. Those are huge. Actually, Dayton, UD is huge. Oh yeah, Dayton's a a great mid major. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so so know, how was the game itself? It was fun, you know. It, it was. It looked like chill mode calves. You know, people weren't. Um, they were kind of going through the motions a little bit. It looked. It looked like a scrimmage. Um, there weren't. Well, it's got to be a little surreal too. Like it's not really the 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 pace of a normal game or the rhythm well, that you and would I, get into as a team as a normal game. I mean, and, and it's very just, out of the ordinary. And no hard fouls, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I was impressed though. I, I like the ball movement. Um, they were, you know, Kevin Love on the block. It's just so obvious. The guy is just so incredibly skilled. His footwork, um, his passing ability. I really do think if the offense has to de facto run through Kevin Love, if the Cavs as a team can become good at secondary passes, it could be fun. It could be like Herculoids again, um, offensively. And uh, it was really cool watching. Um, anytime there would be like a, a steal or something because everyone would stop playing defense and allow like a highlight dunk and the crowd would get into it. So um, Colin Sexton got a steal and no, I, number 35, I can't even remember now who it was. Um, Is that Bonzi? Bonzi Colson? Yes, that's who it was. Uh, he came trailing, and uh, Sexton waited for him and then bounced it off the court, and Colston jumped and caught it in the air and did a windmill. Oh, it wow. Was, nice. it, was, it was pretty cool, yeah, and the whole crowd went crazy. And then uh, I don't think Bonzi played tonight. No, he did He did not, BNP. So then, it, you know, it was over pretty quick. It, the, um, the game itself didn't last really long, and then... They had boxes of T-shirts that were wrapped up and had, like, the tape around them. And all the players, you know, they didn't have T-shirt launchers. So they were just trying to throw T-shirts into the stands. And because I didn't want to be on the court level because it was hard to see over the top of people's heads, I was actually in the way back, and there were, like, bleachers that went, like, five high. And so once the game ended, everyone kind of descended down towards the court to talk to people, take pictures and stuff. And me and my buddy um, stayed up. just to. Ca- I just kind of wanted to take it all in. So then they start throwing T-shirts. Well, all the Cavs players are trying to, like, see how far they can throw these T-shirts. <laughs> so, 
like I'm back here way in the back and they're all like trying to like throw me t-shirts and you know it's not like throwing a softball like a t-shirt can kind of curve and stuff so the first one um someone threw kind of curved into really between the bleachers like where there was a walkway but then um sexton looked at me grabbed a t-shirt and just launched it and i saw it come i'm like this is coming right right at me and i didn't even have to move like from my bleacher reached up with one hand and grabbed it and then we both looked at each other and just pointed for a couple seconds <laughs> nice. yeah nice. it was really it was really cool it was your Colin nice, Sexton nice moment. assist yeah. It was, and just I like that guy because he's just he's a joyful spirit, you know. Yeah. Um. He plays with joy. After the game, he was just real bouncy. He was on the court longer than anyone else. Like you know, like Kyle, uh, Kyle Korver, Kevin Love, those guys. Right after the game, I mean, they probably went to ice down or something. They went into like a back room. But Sexton, Colston, a couple other guys, J.R. Smith, just stayed out there for a long time, even after. Um, you know, someone in the Air Force was trying to, like, usher people out. And so he was just smiling, taking pictures with all these fans, young kids. It, it was really That's cool awesome. Cool to see, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm glad they came down. They, they got a really good impression. You know, a lot of Air Force stuff is old. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's World War II era buildings that, you know, get renovated. Um, it's not uh, aesthetically pleasing place in a lot of ways like some of the new buildings are but it's not meant for comfort (laughs) it's meant to be very functional and so the fact that they put on such a nice thing i felt like a sense of uh awe and pride watching all the interviews um from the players and colby altman and stuff like hey this this stuff going on down here is really cool and and this is really important so it was really it was really nice i'm glad i'm glad they did it i hope you know they could come back sometime yeah that was awesome. It's a cool venue. Thank, yeah, and th- that was a great report, actually. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I, I, oh, Moondog was there too. I got a picture. Yeah, I did of him. see Moondog <laughs> on the on the pictures. Yeah. Didn't you make a half quarter over throwing <laughs> it over his head? No. <laughs> no. Uh, so meanwhile, I'm sitting here, think, watching how weird it is to see uh, LeBron in the in the second game on TNT in a Lakers jersey until. I saw him cry about a call and then brick a free throw. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's just like it's just like LeBron when he was with the Cavs. <laughs> yeah. And and the Cavs look spirited tonight, you know, in a one oh two ninety five victory over the Celtics. Yeah. So let's dive into that. Um Yeah. And and Tom, uh, are you are you sti- you're sticking yeah, around? I'll right? stick around, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Cavs uh, came out of the gate hot. I mean, thirty-two to nineteen in the first quarter, and then kind of up by um, nineteen when they went to the break. Uh, looked looked really good. Yeah, well, uh, and considering no starters played after the after halftime for the Cavs, yeah. it was pretty yeah. impressive. They were able to, you know, build that kind of lead, and they needed it because the. <laughs> And when the G Leaguers took over in the fourth quarter, it, uh, <laughs> it got things a little got a little dicey. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of turnovers, but I mean, Kevin Love, his jumper looked dialed in. Um, well, I loved I, when he he just pulled up for that three on the break. Oh when yeah, he just, just sort of drained it. He's like, oh, no one's guarding me. I'm just gonna pull up and drain a three. And yeah, you know, I mean, if he's gonna do that, he's gonna score a lot of points this year. Yeah, he definitely looked like the alpha dog on the yeah. team, like. I didn't 
feel like there was any doubt on whose team it was. No. From a player standpoint, did you? Not at all. Only four boards, though. That was the only thing that stood out to me in that he was looking to score more than he was looking to, you know, get under the basket and, you know, and, and pull down a lot of rebounds tonight. Yeah. But uh, Tristan looked good on the board. Six rebounds. Um, yeah, Tristan looked, looked sharp for, I mean, he backed up his uh, his crazy talk from earlier in the week. <laughs> yeah, the Cavs are, uh, you got to go through the Cavs to win the uh, the Eastern Conference Championship. So, yeah. But yeah, seven points and six rebounds in about 18 minutes. Um, and the guy to me that was ridiculously impressive was Chetty Osman. Oh, yeah. I mean, just all over the court, both sides of the ball, just some ridiculously, a couple of ridiculously sweet pocket passes to Tristan Thompson on the roll. Yeah, I mean, um, it looked LeBron-esque. I mean, they were those, times, those yeah. like those drive the lane bounce, you know, bounce pocket passes to Tristan as he's, you know, rolling to the hoop. And look, they, again, if they can, these guys can do each do what they're good at and and really uh, augment each other. Um, it's going to be a fun year. I mean, it was yeah. cool. They had they had four guys with se- with seven points at the end of the first quarter, and you could just tell they were they were really focused on sharing the ball, you know, and a lot of a lot of activity, a lot of cutting, both offensively and defensively. I mean, it did not look like they were taking plays off on the defensive end. They were yeah. they seemed pretty locked in, and and look, eventually the Celtics. Got some penetration because that's that's their game and that's you know when they they had a lot of threes that really didn't fall. I think they were zero for eleven in the first half. Yeah, they were. Yeah. So that obviously that makes a big difference, but it's not the Cavs were raining threes on them. I mean, yeah, but the Cavs were closing out well as. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It looks like the Cavs were more aggressive from highlights I saw, and they got to the free throw line a lot more. Absolutely, and uh, Kevin Love, you know, working the pump fake. Oh yeah. Uh, Mid-season form with that pump fake. Yeah, he got to the line at uh, five of seven from the line, and then you know Chetty Osman talked about him a little, but eleven points, seven rebounds, and four assists in nineteen minutes, and only one turnover. Yeah, led um, the team in assists, which yeah, is really my only real bone to pick with the with the team tonight. You yeah, because well, you knew they were gonna they were gonna fall off a little bit with the G Leaguers in the fourth quarter, but. But no one was really for as much as they moved the ball, they didn't really set each other up well for, you know, for shots. And some of that's because Jordan Clarkson was hitting shots rather than dishing. Although he had three assists too. Um, yeah. Well, the other part of that is they got to the line thirty-eight times. That's true. So a lot of that is just you know they're getting free throws instead of assists. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> But man, Chetty, if Chetty would have played even even another five minutes in the second half, I think he would have closed in on a triple double. Oh, I, I, yeah, I agree. And and the only guy out of the starters, I mean, I had my bones about Ronnie Hood. I'm not a huge fan, but he led the team in plus minus at tw- plus twelve. Uh, his his shot looked dialed in, ten points. Uh, <laughs> he played nineteen minutes and had zero rebounds, <laughs> which is. <laughs> As I well, he's only him. got that six eight wingspan. So. Yeah, Gator Arms Hood, <laughs> <laughs> or six four wingspan, or whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it was kind of comical. Like, how do you play nineteen minutes and not get a rebound? <laughs> well, and Hood's, I think he does. He does that thing where he he makes a great play and then he makes a terrible play, and he makes yeah. a good decision and then he makes a terrible decision. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, he was. 
10 points and you saw that stroke that that shooting stroke that makes coaches like uh give him chance after chance because i mean he does have a gorgeous jump shot yeah that back screen off the uh, to the weak side three if he can start if he can knock that down with regularity that should be a a pet play for him this year yeah and the only starter that looked pretty rough was (laughs) was george George hill Hill. (laughs) you were you were cringing on the live thread how bad he looked but i mean so George Hill actually threw down a dunk in the wine and gold scrimmage game. Can you believe really? that? Really? Yeah. yeah well, I, he threw down dunks in the finals last year. So he did. Yeah, he had a, he had dunks in the finals. One for sure, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. How do I not remember this? I feel like I but, would have remembered yeah. that. But he scored one <laughs> point. Yeah. All I really remember is Kenny Mowers. Is all I really remember from the finals. I mean, Hill played <laughs> some decent defense on. Not Kyrie Irving, so on you know Scary Terry and Marcus Smart, but um, <laughs> or as I called him, Marcus Shart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy. Well, well, well played. I mean, Marcus Smart's the biggest tryhard in basketball, I think. But oh, it, he's right. It's like him and Kelly Olynyk. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's too bad they got rid of Kelly. Uh, uh, the all try. No, it's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they could both be on the same team. I That's would just. True. Too, too many, many, too too many, many try-hard flops. <laughs> no, but that's that, that was the problem. I think is that you know you had if you're gonna if you're gonna start George Hill, you hope that you get a, at least a couple assists. He had zero. You hope yeah. you get at least a you know a couple of bu- buckets, if not a three or, or or two. You got one point, and that was from the line. You know, it was o five, o of two from three. Uh, he got four rebounds, which is nice for you know for a smaller guard. Had a couple yeah, of steals, but and, and and like we talked about, the he there were a couple times where he got guys into the onto the free throw line, but true, yeah, he he was he looked old and ineffective. I just feel like if you're gonna game. if you're gonna have that kind of a and look, it's only it's the first preseason game, so I'm sure he'll improve from here. But if if that would continue for any extended amount of time. You're better off starting Sexton and just getting him into the action and getting him acclimated quickly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and so, yeah, we can talk about the bench a little bit. Um, I thought Sexton looked pretty sharp, uh, 15 points, 5'11 from the field. Um, he had a couple very nice 2-3 uh, from the line. I had a couple very nice left side uh, jumpers from the cor- uh, threes. Uh, two or three from the th- three-point line. I meant uh, got to the line a couple times. Uh, no, no assists and or one assist and three turnovers. But I felt like he was a very willing passer. Like he yeah. moved the ball a lot. Well, he is, made he made the pass that that sealed the game to uh, to Isaiah Taylor. Yeah, yeah, and he he was moving the ball. It just guys weren't hitting their shots. But he did not. The ball certainly didn't stick the way it did with Jordan. With uh, Jordan Clarkson, yeah. So, well, and I think you know Sexton's energy level was was pretty good. Um, he definitely seemed to be in, into the flow of the game, but he was looked like any like any rookie. He looked he looked rough at times. Probably my favorite play that he had was one that they didn't convert, which was he, he had a really nice drive. It looked like he was going to take it to the rack, and then he kind of deked and and did a little lob for. Um, for a rolling uh, Nance Jr., who was gonna like throw it down with authority, and then 
and then he got fouled. But yeah. um, but it was nice. It was it was a nice interior pass that that you didn't see coming. That I think if he can if he can be a little unpredictable with his game like that, because if he just he's going to have to modulate it because if he just goes to the rack, he's going to get blocked a lot. Yeah. Because he doesn't really know how to finish yet. Not on the NBA level, so... No, no, and um, he did shoot a lot of a few mid-rangers and a few, um, you know, floaters, but he he was making them. I mean, he took a 22-footer from inside the arc that he made. Um, that was like one of those no-no-no-yes shots. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he looked solid, he did. for sure. I mean, And Nance, Nance and looked good. Nance looked really good. I mean, 17 minutes, 7 rebounds, 5 points. Really good activity. Got to the line uh, for 6 free throws and made 5 of them, which was... Yeah, four, um, 4 offensive boards. Yeah, and the other thing they were doing, they were running... So the Cavs, I think you're going to see a ton of dribble handoff with Kevin Love and then Larry Nance Jr. in the high post. Um, yeah, Tom and I were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but yeah, it was dribble handoff after dribble handoff. It seemed like when those two guys were in, and and they're really good at it, and that that's going to be a staple of the offense out of out of both those guys, and yeah, that's going to be fun to watch because you're going to see drives off that and and cuts off that, and it, it's going to be a lot of fun. A little bit of Princeton action there. Yeah, so. and Clarkson Clarkson, you know, looked a lot better in the first half than he did in the second half. Yeah, uh, I think he had all three of his assists in the first half. He had, yeah. he had, uh, I think, I think, uh, eight of his twelve points in the first half too. And um, but he had a couple of a couple of mid rangers, which is kind of his thing down the stretch. But he, yeah. he went on one on three a couple of times, and you know, really kind of flashed that tunnel vision that we we roasted him for last year so yeah well what was it i said on the live thread it was like sexton already seems like better at hitting uh kyle corver off the curl yeah than, than, than clarkson has in a year in six months yeah so. that's true and and kind of the surprise of the game i mean billy preston didn't have a great game sam no. decker looked okay um I think Sam Decker looked afraid to shoot anything outside of a layup. He did yeah, not I, look good at the scrimmage. Decker, a couple times he was leading a break, and I swear the he was dribbling the ball almost over his head. Yeah. <laughs> but offensively, David Nwaba looked oh, yeah. like he looked like he had come to play. And 12 points in 12 minutes. He had a four-point possession where he got to the line, missed the second free throw, and then got his own rebound and got an and one. Northwestern Arkansas Beekeepers Association. <laughs> Lava. Yeah, he he looked pretty good. Um, yeah. I liked I liked the energy. A lot of activity. Man. Well, he yeah, definitely looks like a guy that that is on a on a minimum contract. Although, did I read somewhere that he he actually the he the Cavs would still control his rights in the off season? Uh, I believe that he is still a restricted free agent because he does not have four league four years in the league. Right. Yeah. Well, he certainly looks like a guy that's playing for not only for a job but maybe for to take somebody's playing time. Yeah, and I certainly think he could be a part of the rotation. I mean, uh, we did not see J.R. Smith tonight. We didn't see Bonzi Colson. Yeah. Um, David Nawaba keeps playing with that 
level of energy, it will be hard to keep him off the court. Hey, Tom, did, did Nawaba play in the wine and gold? Yeah, he did. How did he look there? Um, I didn't see a lot of him, his activity. You know, it was, I think he might have been the guy that airballed the, <laughs> the shot that went out into the, uh, uh-huh. um, onto the, onto the flight line. <laughs> went out, went out onto the tarmac. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is <laughs> that's okay though. Yeah, uh, uh, Kyle Korver looked a little rough. I mean, over three, his shot definitely didn't seem dialed in. But I thought he got him. fouled on the shot uh, on, on that one. one but, but oh yeah, he did, and they called it on the floor for some goofy reason. Well, because it's it's the TD Garden uh, and, and it's Boston and it's and preseason. Yeah, that's yeah. too. Refs they imported, refs they just imported get out of there. the Browns refs <laughs> from Oakland. <laughs> Um, oh my gosh, that kind of ruined my day because I had a really good time at that wine and gold scrimmage, and then me and my buddy went to uh, B Dubs to watch the the second half of that Browns game, and oh my gosh, <laughs> the longest game ever yeah. played. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's like you got to spend four hours getting a root canal. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that was brutal. Did you watch that one, EG? Which one? Oh, the Brown. Yeah, yeah. Browns Raiders. I watched it until they choked the lead away, and I thought, <laughs> nah, they're probably gonna lose this game. So, and then I I recorded it, so I watched the the rest of it later because I I wanted to see the the second Nick Chubb touchdown. Oh yeah, it's kind of like if you got a guy that can that he, he he's like it was like a baseball score. It's like two for three with with two home runs. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, but. You think they would have gotten the guy the ball again? That's what I'm no. saying. Like it's like, <laughs> oh, you get, maybe maybe give it to him more than three times, and you'll get a few more touchdowns. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Especially because the the book on the Raiders going into the game was that they that they couldn't stop the run, and well, I don't know why. Look again, it was that it was that crazy Browns logic where it's like, okay, we're up 14. What should we do? Well, let's try let's try to throw a pass from the 15 our own 15 yard line. And that's well, when they just Baker got super it. cute with the playbook again. I know. It's Todd Haley. Yeah, and it's like, what are you doing? Just hand the ball off. Yep. You got you or, got you got Carlos Hyde. You got Nick Chubb. You got Duke Johnson. You have plenty of guys you can just hand the ball off, do short passes. Don't yeah. Don't take chances. You're up. You're up fourteen. You, you, well, you know my take on it was when they overturned it and gave him fourth and an inch. I was like, why are you punting? Just win the game right here. At and the very they least, they should have tried the the old, like, try to draw, draw them off sides. Well, my thought was, pretend like you're going to draw them off, draw them off sides and just go on set, and yeah. then you almost always get it. I mean... Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, you and I both know that Hugh Jackson's the kind of coach that would get absolutely roasted if he went for it <laughs> on his own 18 and didn't get it, and then... They then they still got the eight points to tie the game because that he he'd probably get fired if he pulled that move. <laughs> that's what people aren't saying. Well, but that's that's Hugh Jackson in a nutshell is you know rather look bad and lose look good and lose than look bad and win. <laughs> yeah. Well, but then look bad and lose and you lose your job. So yeah. I mean, that's the third option. Anyways. Yeah. Let's uh, well, let's so because I know Tom's time is short. So any any last thoughts on on tonight's victory? I I would say that I I the thing I enjoyed most was watching the Boston fans go home unhappy, yeah, yeah. thinking they were going to have an an easy win against a even I know it's preseason it doesn't matter no none of these games count but the fact that they thought they were going to have an probably a, a pretty easy 
win against a, a non-LeBron Cavaliers team, um, you know, and then to get really kind of just lambasted in the first half. I, I mean, I think if, if the starters had all continued to play, I don't think it would have been anywhere as close as, it, as the final score was. So. Oh, I'll agree with you. And the funny thing was, to me, when all the, uh, the Celtics are going crazy at the end of the game, when you know the the Celtics big men were getting d- blocks on drives, and it's like you guys are down ten, <laughs> yeah. you know, with two minutes left. Well, like, <laughs> it's not you're not winning. <laughs> yeah. So, so well, that was fun to see. Yeah, and then just like keeping Marcus Smart and and uh, the 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 dumb Morris twin in there, <laughs> just to just to hit threes Mor- over Morris senior. Well, just to hit continue to hit threes over G League guys that probably yeah. aren't going to make the team. It's like, come on, guys! Like, clearly President Stevens was, you know, trying <laughs> trying to motivate his starters by saying like, look, these guys are trying. It's like, yeah. Old uh, two two for six, Marcus Smart. Yeah. So, E.G., you mentioned something uh, a couple weeks ago that I hadn't really noticed yet, and I did when I was at B-Dubs watching the Browns. Yeah. LeBron Lakers jerseys. Yeah. And, oh, man, like, if losing that game didn't kind of mess with me, seeing a bunch of kids wearing LeBron Lakers jerseys in Ohio really messed with me. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, it's probably his least. His I, I, it doesn't look good. I don't like the way they changed the the Laker uh, unis this year, and with that like weird like white outline. I don't know. It's like they've tried to they've jacked it up too much. Oh, you you're saying Nike jacked up NBA uniforms? No, no, shocking, shocking right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's weird, but at the same time. I'm I I, I kind of pe- I'm really at peace with it. I, I'm oh, I I've turned too. the page. I've yeah. moved on, and I mean, and, and I get to root for my dream season, yeah. which is the Cavs make the playoffs and the Lakers don't. Is my absolute dream. Now, would you would it be even even sweeter if the Cavs make the playoffs, the Lakers don't, but the Lakers actually win a couple more games than the Cavs do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be fantastic. That would be well, awesome. I think that may be kind of a given, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh, seriously, because you know you make you can make the playoffs in the East at probably 40, 42 and forty two, or no, sort of forty forty one and forty one. <laughs> you probably make it at forty and forty two. Probably, <laughs> and then the West, you got to win fifty games. Yeah. Exactly. At least exactly. didn't Denver yeah. miss out last year and they won fifty games yeah, they or forty nine? Uh, yeah, yeah, the West is stacked for sure, and they seem Oof. even more stacked this year. So, what's weird is I'm watching. I watched the first half of this this Laker game against Denver while we've been pod potting here. And yeah, I've been watching Colorado Chicago. So, and I gotta say, like. It's just a bunch of running and dunking. Like this is not. I mean, it's, as predicted, there's not a whole lot of shooting on that team. Oh, on the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, it, it is a little odd. Yeah. It's and weird seeing LeBron on a team without a bunch of really good shooters. It's weird seeing LeBron on a team with Javale McGee. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Rondo. And, and, and oh, but and Rondo. Yeah. The oddest has got to be Lance's dances. Yeah. Although yeah. they didn't play together, Lance is kind of like like comes in to oh, spell he's LeBron. Oh, backup, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm. It's it's interesting to see how these young guys will 
for them will progress, you know, under LeBron's quote unquote tutelage, or if you know he's just yeah. his. Because I look, it's great for him to say now that he's, you know, quote unquote, he's <laughs> to borrow a page from Philly, trusting the process here in LA, and everyone's saying all the right things of like, yeah, we want to compete, want to make the playoffs, but you know, we know we got a lot of work to do, a long way to go, but you know, he, you know, if there's an opportunity to to try to get to the you know, to the finals, he, you know, he'll push, he'll push ownership, management to, you know, do whatever they can. And it just doesn't seem like anybody wants to go there. Aside from these older, like, the vets that, that you know, that the gang that couldn't shoot straight, you know, like, it's, it's kind of strange. Like, you'd think, hey, if the Lakers could offer, the Lakers probably offer something better than anybody for Jimmy Butler if they really wanted to. But yeah. he didn't put them on his list. He put the other LA team on his list. Well, I think Jimmy Butler wants to be the man in a major market is part of it. Yeah, but... I mean, we kind of talked about that on the last podcast. You mean, but we're talking about that man, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> man, I felt like uh, I needed to, dro- to drop acid when I listened to that last <laughs> it was the, the Tom Tom Rantathon oh. Apocalypse Tom, dude. Eg, if you thought I was hot then, you should have seen me like the next day reading Pablo S. Torre's junk. I was just I was so triggered, but I've oh yeah, you got to hear this. So you've heard oh the my whole. God. Let me set Tom up here. All so right, all right. You've heard the whole like. Tom's rant about NFL players going bankrupt, right? And how it's <laughs> fake news. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Pablo S. Torrey actually filed a follow-up article where he defends this premise. No way. So I had Tom is IMing me, you know, and I can feel the steam coming <laughs> through the phone. That's amazing. <laughs> of his, of his, of his red hot takes. Tom, does he follow <laughs> you or something? Does he know that you're that you're you hate this and that he's just sort of feeding into that? So I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to do this with as little <laughs> fire as possible. I'll I'll just I'll just try to act calm, okay? Because I, it's almost impossible for me. <laughs> I'm just gonna. So you remember all that? You know, yep. there was a quote. This has been ground zero for an entire narrative about pro athlete finances. My biggest thing is you can you can categorize something as being like a problem or an issue without over inflating it for effect right you can say you know compared to the general public writ large you know pro athletes have more financial issues which seems weird because they make so much money but there's some underlying causes here whatever and you can get into it but what he did was he wrote this uh sports illustrated article in 2009 and the two shocking quotes in there are after um two years 78 percent of uh pro football retirees are bankrupt or um have it or are uh what's the actual quote he uses um uh or are under financial stress due to divorce bankrupt or or broke no, well, he basically, yeah, he basically, he doesn't use the word broke there. He basically says, oh, okay. the, the quote Financial is, stress. 78% of former NFL players are bankrupt or are under financial stress. Now, that's a very misleading statement um, because the 78% is what 
of bankrupt is what jumps out at you. The very next line in that argument is that within five years of retirement, 60% of NBA players are broke. And there's no hedge. There's no or. 60% of NBA players are broke within five years. So I wrote this big, long piece about this like a year and a half ago on Cavs' blog, which you can read. And I've noticed a couple... Actually, it was two years ago. And I've noticed a, you know, every time someone references that 2009 article, it kind of makes my blood boil. So I came across today an article that Pablo Estori wrote in 538, back around the time when I wrote this article for Cavs the Blog. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm really upset I didn't find this then. The title of this article is, <clears throat> There's a Difference Between Broke and Bankrupt for Ex-NFL Players. So he starts out this, pa- this, this uh, article writing that he found uh, an academic paper called Bankruptcy Rates Among NFL Players with Short-Lived Income Spikes. And there's a link to the paper, which you can read. And what the authors found after searching through bankruptcy data is that within two years, 1.9% of players had filed for bankruptcy not 78%, right? <laughs> so in the paper, there's uh, a quote from the authors saying their results are quite different from a SI report. That was it. That was the only mention of the SI report. Tori is so triggered by this. Let me read um, like lines from this piece he wrote. And that's, this is Tory's words, and that's why one of the paper's other prominent findings, as announced in a note from the authors, was so jarring to read. <laughs> quote, quote, the result of our comprehensive research on bankruptcy risk among NFL players, they wrote, is quite different from a widely cited Sports Illustrated article, which reported that 78% of former NFL players are bankrupt or under, quote, financial stress within two years of retirement. And in Tory 2009, it's actually cited. After two years of retirement, only about 1.9% of players in our sample have filed for bankruptcy. Suntory says, one blog used that first sentence as the basis of a headline. In terms of economic trash talk, this was basically the author's flexing. (laughs) Is this you? No, no, this is Tory writing. He said they're flexing on him. Because they, because of that line that I read to you about how they said it's quite different from. I'm oh, thinking okay, like, okay. oh my gosh. So Tori calls up the author of the paper, argues with him that hey, I also said, or are under financial stress, and then he argues with him and he c- convinces this guy to say that, well, yeah, we were only looking at bankruptcy because the data is really good. There's maybe more to finances <laughs> than bankruptcy. So then Tory goes and says, but that's also like saying like 78% of uh people after they It's like the NFL saying 78% get convicted of murder yeah. or jaywalking. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like saying, <laughs> "Nate, you're a you're a girls basketball coach." It's 78% of male girls basketball coaches are rapists or are coaches. 
Jesus it's like, Christ. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then and then if you took issue with that statement because 1.9% are, right, you'd be like, dude, that's super misleading. And Tory writes this <laughs> yeah. whole big-ass thing. Nate, saying, I don't think you can run for Supreme Court after this blog. That, yeah, that's fine. I don't want to. Um, Tom, I, I'm very, very offended by you. I, I cannot believe <laughs> that you put my family through well, this ordeal. Well, just give me jazz hands. Just don't clap if you're if you're feeling <laughs> emotional. So anyway, then Tori goes on. This is where this is where you guys are going to lose it when I, when I read this too. So he goes on and he denigrates the publication, and he points out that someone that was a president of this journal um, got bad reviews at Harvard for teaching economics, right? So he's basically saying that you know this article could be useless anyway, even though, I mean. Okay, so maybe these guys didn't do their regression perfectly when looking at 15-year you know, data, but they just have raw numbers for numbers of players that have declared bankruptcy. So 1.9% to 78% is just raw numbers. So it doesn't matter if these guys don't know math well enough, and they probably do. <laughs> um, but he's, So he has all these paragraphs talking about how this journal could be bunk. Here's where like, I almost lost my mind when I started texting you, Nate is uh oh my gosh <laughs> Tom Watson Tom you had it okay here it is here it is here it is uh yeah oh my gosh and yet so Carlson is the author he called up to argue with and yet what Carlson called a quote unquote narrow academic paper was promising a definitive analysis of a larger, albeit related, problem. Due to the academic marketplace, quote-unquote, publish or perish, is an idiom for a reason. Working papers tend to be hungry and ambitious. The goal is to make it into a journal and contribute knowledge to the world. But it can be tough to find the kind of dramatic angle that makes for an eye-catching study. And then in his last thing, he says... Uh, even academics are susceptible. Quote, I don't think there's really a problem with either of our numbers, Carlson told me. They're really measuring different things. And then Tory ends his piece with, that last sentence isn't a great headline, is it? <laughs> like, when I read him saying that this is an example of publish or perish on an article that literally no one has read in an academic journal that's titled bankrupt this is the this is the catchy title bankruptcy rates among nfl players with short-lived income spikes he's saying this is an example of acad academia suffering from narrative boosting publisher parish environment i i just i just about lost my mind <laughs> a, a guy that a guy that wrote this seminal article that gets re-quoted 10 years later even though the NBA Players Union said, oh, yeah, that 60% number is totally made up out of thin air. It's not even close. It's probably around 6%. So a 1,000% you know, inflated yeah. increase. He, he got the decimal wrong. I mean, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. He and forgot then, to carry the zero. And then this guy is such a prick. He is so <laughs> annoyed that someone actually took the time because like, he couldn't be bothered to do it. He couldn't be. Bo they even say, where do we get our data? Uh, Profootballreference.com and bankruptcy records are public records. Yep. It was real hard to do, right? 
So he couldn't he couldn't be bothered to do that. He had to talk to like random agents who told him stuff and he wrote this big long thing about it and acted like it was scientific. And now it's like he's so upset that someone published a thing on this to call him out. He hasn't retracted his article. People at ESPN where he works now continue to push this number, which is made I mean, let me just ask you something. So EG, you're you're in a certain <laughs> industry, right? Yep. If if you if you knew that when you chose to go into that industry, there was a seventy eight percent chance that once you retired, you would be bankrupt within two years. Why would you ever choose to go into that industry? Yeah, you wouldn't unless you had supreme confidence that you wouldn't be a sati- one of those statistics. Sure, right. Or, or if you're an NBA player, right? And that that's that's the mind numbing one, like. You know, there's a lot of issues I have with pro football players not having guaranteed contracts because of their injury rates. Basketball contracts are guaranteed. Booby Gibson is filthy rich, right? (laughs) Even though he could never stay on the court after his first season because he had signed a five-year deal. And then, and the fact that Tory has in here within five years of retirement, sixty percent of NBA players are broke. Period. No hedge. That just literally cannot be true. And anyone with a brain would know that can't be true. Yeah, and, and especially so, after and, the cap spike. I mean, I can't imagine Timofey Mozgov being broke ever. <laughs> the way he, the way he probably lives, unless he's going to the so. beer garden, the brew, the brew garden. You know, five times a week. He's got enough backwards jerseys for the rest of his life. It's true, Tom. So I, I, teach, I feel your I pain, teach, Tom. I, feel I teach pain. technical writing to college students, and I brought this up last year as an example of basically what I find to be extremely shoddy journalistic ethics. And so I'm going to bring it back up again this year. And it bother it, like it bothers me that I can't like call a hotline and and say someone needs to fire Pablo Estori <laughs> or issue him a warning or make him retract this or something because this is so ridiculous. Yeah. You know? The funny thing is, is I actually kind of like Pablo Estori, so... I was talking to my other buddy, and I was ranting, and at the end of it, he was agreeing with everything I said, and he's like, yeah, but you know Tori's the best guy they have at ESPN, right? And I'm just like, I don't like him at all, and this whole thing has just... I just can't stand the guy. Like, if I saw him in public, I would honestly walk right up to him, get in his face, and be like, you gotta give me a reason why you're allowing this insanity to continue, because... You're just li- you're just lying, right? Uh, fake news. Fake news. Tom Pastak never change. Thank yep. you. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's try to keep it under an hour and wrap this up shortly. Any parting was, parting thoughts? Things you guys want to pitch? Uh, so the Cavs play Saturday. Yeah, against the same uh, Celtics team. It's weird they only have four. Preseason games this year, they, they and and one of them is well, the preseason's short for everybody this year because the season starts right. But the theirs is shorter than most. I think yeah. most teams had like, I think five or six. Um, well, well, Dan Gilbert got his franchise back, and he wants to enjoy it. So I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they only have four. Or yeah, they only and have one of them yeah. is at Michigan State, I believe. Yeah. So they play so. Boston at the queue on Saturday, and then they play Indiana at the queue on Monday, the eighth, and then they yeah then they play I think at uh, 
the University of Michigan on that f- next Friday against Detroit, and then the regular season starts on the 16th. No, yeah, and and to be frank, I I don't miss the extra preseason game. Oh, I I, mean, I don't either. I'm just saying, like, it's weird that they have fewer than other teams that are playing. Like, even though they're playing, like, you know, like teams from China or Australia in the preseason. Or, yeah. But yeah, well, uh, season opens actually Wednesday the 17th at. Uh, the Raptors, so we get to see Kawhi Leonard up close Kawhi. and personal mm. from the start. Mister Mister Mr. Personality himself. Yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, it should be interesting to see what happens this season. So, uh, yeah, lo- keep looking forward, Cavs fans. Uh, we got a five on five coming this week, and uh, and you know more articles as as we get towards the regular season, and hopefully this is a preview of things to come. Yeah, well, if they Tonight, can, if game. they can keep moving like that and and really kind of share the burden of of the scoring burden and you know have guys do what they do best and keep the the energy and the pace up on both ends, then they should at least be a competitive team this year. Yeah. So my thing to pitch, um, I finally watched the Andre the Giant documentary on o- HBO mm. this weekend, which is fantastic. Really well done. If you Grew up in the 80s um, and into the 90s. Uh, the Andre the Giant documentary is fantastic because if you watch pro wrestling like I did, you did not realize what a huge factor Andre the Giant was from the 70s into the 80s, but also just kind of what a unique individual he was and kind of how there never has been and probably never will be another person like him. So that was really interesting. Do and they talk about uh, Princess Bride? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, one of the things was about how kind of debilitated he was at that at point that in point, his life. Yeah. yeah, like, he couldn't even catch uh, Robin Wright when they dropped her. He couldn't even catch her because she was so... Uh, his back was hurting so bad, oh, so they sad. had to put guy wires on her. But, but he after that point got back surgery and then was in uh, WrestleMania three, the which is kind of the high point or the climax of the documentary. So oh, wow! Yeah, it was very interesting. Hmm. Uh, it, it's very compelling. It's about an hour forty minutes. So my brother in law would love that. He's really into wrestling. I I am not anymore, but uh, I was definitely. Uh, intrigued by it because I watched it a lot in the 80s. See, I was more into American Gladiators as a kid than wrestling. With laser and and nitro and and nitro and and and, yeah, (laughs) turbo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they were that was a really awesomely ridiculous show. So, someone was telling me at lunch today about some new show that like Jonah Hill is in. Oh, Maniac, yeah, yeah, and they said it's like modern day as we would have imagined it in the 80s. Yeah. Which sounds really intriguing to me. Like, we still have, like, CRT TVs that look like Apple IIEs. Yeah, dot matrix printers. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of that, cool. It's interesting. It's it's It takes a, a, uh, an episode... It's only 10 episodes. It takes an episode or two to get... to really kind of get moving. But once it does, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Emma Stone is great in it. Um, and Jonah Hill's okay. Like he, he doesn't have a lot to do. Weirdly, as the main character, but hmm. um, but uh, the guy, um, oh, what's his name? The guy was on the Leftovers. Uh, Justin Theroux. He's also really good. <laughs> uh, and Sally Fields in it, and she's good. But yeah, yeah, it's it's worth watching. 
I've been watching it. I haven't finished it yet. I'm I'm about seven episodes in, but um, but I, have you guys seen uh, the? Have you guys watched Ozark at all? I have no. not. I, I just the second I couldn't take another drug show after Breaking Bad. It's not. I mean, yes, it is, but but it's not. It doesn't focus on the drugs quite as much. I mean, it's more of sort of the. It's very much more about the family because they kind of know about it from the beginning, as opposed to Breaking Bad, where it was like the slow burn. Just you know, are they going to find out? Are they not going to find out? Like, yeah. you pretty much know from the beginning because they have to go into the whole family goes into hiding and kind of has to start over in this, you know, in this uh, Apple in Appalachia basically. But uh, it's good. Se- second season's even better than the first, and that doesn't usually happen. So. Mm, um, cool. Yeah, I would recommend checking it out if you. you yeah, and I just time. got started on uh, Babylon Berlin. Time. Oh, nice! And I want to. I want to keep going. The first so. episode's kind of weird. It. Yeah, it, but no, it looks like it's really promising. Yeah, so. it's really good. Yeah, and the the premise of Babylon Berlin is it's basically a film noir in Weimar Berlin Republic yep. in 1929. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, so I've been watching Jack Ryan, which I found uh, to be really captivating. I, I do find it to be captivating. <laughs> you but take it's John also, Krasinski seriously? I do. It's I, also, there's so many things that bother me about it. Like what? Okay, first of all, what is the whole filler storyline of the drone pilot? Like, why is yes, that even in there? I know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that somehow at the end it gets tied back in because it has it, been a big distraction. Yeah, then there's also a lot of stuff that happens at the end that it's like, okay... I'm like two episodes away, so don't spoil it. Okay, yeah, so I won't spoil it for <laughs> we'll you. We'll save it for I another say, yeah, yeah, so we'll have to talk later, but I I feel as if... Uh, ah, see, why didn't... Don't I spoil can't it. talk about it without spoiling it yeah. for you, so I just want your impressions when, when, <laughs> All right. when that happens. So. Uh, well... Let's uh, let's hope we see some more good stuff from the Cavs in the in the remaining preseason as we get ready to dive into uh, a whole new uh, a whole new Cavs reality here. So, but so yeah, f- I missed so them, far, man. Yeah, I was realizing was how much tonight I missed them. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun tonight. A lot of fun to watch. Play. A lot of fun to see them not struggle and go ISO for long periods of time. So yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. such an important thing, you know, and um, I enjoyed being at the Wine Gold scrimmage and seeing all the different t-shirts people had. So a guy had a Warriors blew a 3-1 lead in the finals t-shirt, <laughs> and there were some um, NBA finals Cavs championship t-shirts, nice. and, um, you know, Kevin Love jerseys. Uh, Did you see any CTB t-shirts in the wild? Just the one I was wearing, yeah. <laughs> nice. But um, nice. All right. Hopefully, we can get a tenth anniversary uh, T-shirt yeah. out here. We should. Oh, we yeah, should we get that going. Something got to be an X yeah. on it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend. Yeah, abs- absolutely. All right. Well, uh, this has been uh, Cavs the preseason pod. Um, join us next time, and uh, until then, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. And we're out. 
Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.